Hello, everyone, and welcome to NFT Tales, our podcast about our adventures at NFT land. My name is Cardboard Boxer, Jonathan Smith. Hi, and I'm Rosio. I'm Jeremy, or at Mr. Jerkdake. And this is the episode of our podcast titled, When Your In-Laws Find Out. In this episode, we're going to talk about what's going on in this crazy NFT world, what's going on in the crazy Top Shots world. What happens when your in-laws find out? I mean, <laughs> we all and get if, busted at some point. And if, and if birds that's about are that. real or not. Yeah. And do they come from the moon? So, uh-oh. Let's get into it. Let's go. Okay, John, you know I'm going to want to take the lead with a little bit of Top Shot info. Ooh, there was... Okay, well, so let me set the stage for those of y'all out there that aren't maybe active in Top Shots, that isn't part of your NFT world. So I, I do Top Shots kind of on the periphery. I'm not like Jeremy where I live in Top Shot land. I only see it whenever basically things go bad. And this week, my feed just went blank with people just going off about Top Shots. When someone just buy my whole account, I trade the whole thing for Gutter Rat. Like, it was just incredible. Like some people that, in my opinion, have been like the Top Shot boys in my Twitter threads, like ones that if I put out a card, they'll retweet. If I put out a baller, they'll retweet, like are so big into that. We're just going manic bonk. Why? I mean, other than the obvious full moon, I would say <laughs> it was a couple of missteps by Dapper Labs and Top Shot. Um you know, the, the overall value of all the moments has been going down. There's been quite a few pack drops back to back to back, um, which in their mind is diluting the market. So you, you had an overall like sentiment of disdain and frustration. Um, a lot of people um, were not happy with their overall you know, market value. And, and one of the employees came out and said, basically, that was the effect of us not making intelligent uh, investment decisions. So that kind of started the snowball effect. Um, then they had... Uh, you know, the, the rare and legendary pack drops and the legendary was still $999, which ruffled quite a few feathers because they said, you know, given the state of the market and, you know, packs, you should have probably reevaluated that pack price. Um, and they didn't. So that, you know, pissed quite a few people off, but there were, that's the first, or I guess, second wave of sentiment was, you know, who's not lining up for packs because packs are negative EV. We need to stop lining up for packs so that they, you know, don't make money. Dapper Labs is the only one making money from these pack drops, um, which, you know, I understand, but that's half the allure. That's the fun, right? Like I want to draw packs. So I ended up getting some rares, but not a legendary. And then, you know, the third strike, which was probably what caused most of your disdain was they opened the run it back series one packs for some reason. Oh, this thing. So it was supposed to be prize packs for people that finished the MSFE, the silver edition competition, um, all these challenges. And there was a limited number of packs remaining. And when they moved the pack to, to show it, for some reason it wasn't locked and 175 packs got purchased before they figured out that they were getting purchased. And there were, you know, that, that was more than they could give out and still give the rewards that they were going to give out. So that's pretty much what just, you know, put the sticker burn everyone's asshole and lit it on fire. So it, it, it got pretty heated at that point. People were straight up. I want to sell my entire account. Honestly, Dapper was pretty proactive. Like, I don't know who their, I should have looked it up, but their, their PR lady came out and did a spaces and spoke to everyone. And they ended up giving out like three packs 
instead of that one pack because they didn't have it. But, you know, in order to make it up, it was like, we'll give you an all-star pack, a rising star pack, and a this pack. So, I mean, it they did what they could to make it, you know, EV positive, but it was just one misstep after another. It, it's one of those nights where you're like, maybe I should just pack it in and come back tomorrow and try again. So, what I've noticed, <clears throat> I've seen other people commenting on, too, is a marketing blast from Dapper through traditional channels. Ever since that happened, they're sitting on billions of dollars in seed money. And it's very obvious they went, oh, shit. Okay, from the beginning, we called this. So in season three hit, if anyone's been a long-term listener to this podcast, we talked about how the larger numbers would dilute the numbers in season three, that eventually an equilibrium point that the packs were worth too much versus what they were selling them for. And eventually, the Dapper Labs would want to capture back some of that value. They reached probably too far, had a misstep, had some other things go on. So they're going to take that seed money that they got, like any Silicon Valley company, dump it in traditional marketing, try to get some new liquidity in the market. And honestly, who can hate that? You know, at this point, they really don't try to do a good job demand. This is one of their big misfires. I think a lot of people that really got upset about that I saw did kind of appreciate how they came back around. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. You know, they at least said the right things and didn't just stick their head in the sand and and act like nothing happened. And that's the one thing that, you know, when shit hit the fan, I at least like someone to say, hey, we realize it smells like shit around here and we're going to try to make it not smell like shit. So they were proactive. Um, And let's just all say it together on count three. Let's just all say we love our Top Shot fans. All three of us. Ready? One, two, three. We love you, Top Shot fans. I love myself and all other Top Shot Shot fans. There you go. You got Rosie saying it good, y'all. So, see, we we appreciate y'all. They're our favorite fans. Yeah, y'all are great. And we understand y'all had a hard week, too. Usually Top Shot world. So, one thing that's interesting in my experience of doing this NFT thing with Jeremy is that whenever the main NFT market was lit on fire for whatever reason, he could always go to Top Shot Land. And it was like this totally independent market. But this week, he was over there actually enjoying NFT Land because, you know, he's had some success this month. But then over there in Top Shot Land, it's just like dump fuel and light it on fire. And so um, that's kind of what more of my experience has been this week. Oh, oh, yeah. So much crazy stuff in my NFT Web3 world. You can't even keep up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lots of doubles and not enough time on crypto Twitter. <laughs> and we totally get that. So one big, day, one day I'll get there. That's We're right. one one brick at a time. So that's how you exactly. Build the wall. So um, you know, Dapper had to go out on one positive note. I will say before we change subjects because I know we got a big subject coming up with these Moonbirds next. Ooh. But. Dapper did come out and talk about the fact that they're allowing people to use their moments as collateral for loans. So someone Mm. put up like 19 hollow cards and, you know, it's great for the market because it takes high end hollow cards off the market, takes the the sales floor away. So there's less downward pressure on that. And it allowed that person to get, I think, over 250 ETH in value or at 200 or something. It, It basically... The loan parameters are anything over $25 based on the collateral you put up. But um, I just started following that. Yeah. If if, like for me, I've got 2000 moments and I don't want to get rid of them. But if I could put up like a Luca that's worth 1500 and get a $500 loan to make an ETH play and flip something and then pay the loan off, like worst case scenario, I lose that moment. So I wouldn't put up my, you know, grails, but I love leveraging my top shot moments to get cash. So that's some real life utility right there. 
It's yeah, it, Dapper does some sick stuff. Like I will always say that out of all of the non NFT OpenSea, uh, like well, it isn't NFT, but like not the ETH, like mainstream OpenSea market. Dapper, they're just so smart about this kind of thing where they find ways to make it work for in like a regular real world context. Could you imagine putting like your cards down as a down payment for your car or as collateral for like a car loan or something to get a lower rate, like your solar or something? Jeez, like you're right. That is a big deal. I mean, that's and, that's that mainstream crossing we talk about, right? Like when they start allowing us to do it for IRL activities is, is when we're going to all benefit even more. Hey, look, yeah. I go ahead. I got two moments, bro. I'm about to buy a house or some shit. Yeah, You're joking. No, I'm going to give you some more. I am totally going to be paying for some of my conference going to NFC NYT with the money that was made from Top Shots. And so, like, you know, yeah. all, all day. And all hey, day by moments. the way, if there's any listeners out there, both me and Rosio, we're going to the conference this year in June. So if y'all are going to be there, you need to be tweeting at us or DM us or something and let us know. We'd love to meet up and meet NYC, some fans. NYC, baby. NFT NYC will be there. And I'll be spending that Toshot bones on like a coffee. I, I didn't like make a killing or whatever. I wasn't one of those people from February. But what are you going to do? Uh, you can't always win. Okay, we're going to take a real quick <laughs> break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk Ooh. about some moon birds. Yeah. That's right. So what the hell is a moonbird? Okay, so there's this guy. His name's Kevin Rose. He's kind of famous in the tech space. He created a site called Dig back in the day. I was kind of a big fan of Dig. Dig was like a proto-Reddit. Like the concept of voting up things, voting down things, like what Reddit's core is, is copy Dig almost exactly. From that, he became kind of a tech, Wonderkun. Like if people wanted him in spaces, he became a real big VC guy because he got him with the right kind of capital. Look, you can go look him up. Kevin Rose, he's kind of famous. Um, and he now is getting into NFTs. We well, already was in NFTs. And his original collection, which he called the Genesis, poof, went to the moon. So then he comes out with a new collection. 10Ks, like we're used to, right? I think it had like a pretty high min price. I think something like 0.2, a little higher. Um, but it immediately shot to the moon. I don't know. Someone look up a floor right now. I mean, last time I looked, it's well above 10. It's well beyond. And everyone's like, what the hell? Because we've been in a market where there hasn't been a lot of liquidity, where there hasn't been anything like this. And all of a sudden... Moonbirds has this freaking sales volume that's just like out the yin yang, like you've never 18. seen it before. Point nine ETH their current floor, and they current did floor. fifty thousand ETH in the first twenty four hours. And then what's the total now at this point? Seventy two point four thousand ether. Okay, let's Holy talk about that. Shit, that is not the NFT market. I don't care. I, I some of this is Kevin Rose fandom. I'll wait, give him wait, his credit. wait. When did this start? When was the first? Like when did we're, they we're forty eight hours, seventy two hours tops? Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, they did. The volume 50, blows away me. Thousand ether in the first twenty four hours. I I cannot get over that statistic. I've looked backwards through the chain. It's new money. It's new money. Really? That, <clears throat> some of it is people aping in to get on a rise, and because it's Kevin Rose. 
but you're not you didn't see the kind of capital drain. E- look, even if you don't believe me following on chain, whenever you just think about it logically, how much would the rest of the market have to drain liquidity rise? I know we've had a little bit of a pull down around Moonbirds because people knew it was coming, but not that amount to like, no. like that's almost a market for a couple. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Rocio, I tagged you and told you to make a list and wait because you were going to be able to see the liquidity sucked from the market and you could probably pick up things at a discount. No. There was no liquidity suck. This was new money that wasn't bailing from other projects. So what's going on here? So Kevin Rose, he knows all these venture capital people. I've been saying for a while, my smartest little trick, if I'm going to talk about the NFT market, I love, I did this for my in-laws this weekend, was talking about how, well, you know, for the last 20 years, if you wanted to be in venture capital, you had to at least put millions of dollars on the table. If you wanted to have access to real high-end talent, kind of people that'll be movers and shakers of tomorrow you had to put in at least a couple million you know that sort of thing but you know big figures in order to make a dent in order to have access to them with nfts i get to basically be a micro venture capitalist i get to put in my money i get to invest in talent the difference is i don't get as many contractual obligations to them or legal repercussions but i'm not putting in as much and if i hit i have a real tie to the talent that you sometimes don't get just whenever you're the VC investor in those early rounds. And so I really see that NFTs are a new way for investors to engage with talent and get into the type of people that in this new economy are simply not going to go to a Google or Facebook or one of the major tech companies. That's my big smart brain statement around like boomers and stuff at the moment about NFTs. But I, but I believe in it. And I think what's happening is, is that some of that VC money is looking at him and like, hey, we want to invest in this guy. So we buy this Ethereum thingy and we shove it through OpenSea and we can have a little bit of Kevin Rose. And the answer is yes. So Moonbirds. I mean, that's I got a Bloomberg Capital article tweeted to me today from a friend of mine that's not in crypto. And it says crypto tokens give cannabis fund a shortcut to raising capital. And it basically allowed them to raise seed capital through an NFT sale and not have the same regulations that an SEC fund um, raising would require. And, I mean, we're seeing it mainstream intersections. Like, they're raising capital for other projects by selling NFTs already. And I really think that's what Moonbirds is. Like you said, it's new money. You don't see that. It was a two and a half Ether mint, John, not 0.2. 2.5 Ether Sorry, mint. oops. Thank you for correcting me. Okay. That, that alone, everyone was talking shit about and saying we're about yeah. to see another pixel world or whatever I guess it is. I, I guess I read that in my brain, like, rejected it. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no 0.25. This was a mistake. No. <laughs> Wait, hold on. That must be a misprint. Like, who would do two and a half? I was seeing so every alpha priced group. out just standing there. Yeah. yeah. And everyone said, no, this is not a pixel, whatever. Like, this is a, a project that has, you know, docs people. It's proof. Everyone knows who proof is. And he's got Kevin and he's got all this. And so, I mean, I, people in my alpha groups are like, I'm paying two and a half and not even batting an eye. And I mean, obviously, that was a little too rich for what I wanted to do. Looking back, it's like, fuck, I should have sold everything to make a, a play at it. But hindsight's always twenty twenty. And so, yeah. I, I wouldn't have made the play either. I my I, I haven't made a play on something that big out the gate. Um, but I knew a lot of people that did kind of save up and get there. Well, um, so then do you guys know what's so great about it? Why why is it worth 2 point or well now 18 Ethereum, but why was it worth 2.5 mint? So I can put it to you this way in my opinion. This is my opinion. That in the Web3 world, what you usually get are people that are extremely talented but in a lot of cases don't have 
like the technical chops backing. Like they're not Silicon Valley town. Like either you get the real famous people stuff and they're just grabbing just some generic developer or you get these people that have kind of like, I don't know, risen through the ranks of this meritocracy around Web3, which is great. That's what we celebrate about it. These are Web2 guys with like chops out the bazoo that if they pointed at Silicon Valley could drain 40 millions out for just like a thought process or something like that. And they're going, hey, we want to do Web3. We want to have an NFT team. All the cool kids are going over there. And so they're pivoted. And so they can bring with them a bag. Everyone else has to build the bag. That's kind of what a Web3 is, is us building the bag around like stuff we think is cool. These guys came loaded, like they came ready to party. And it's good for us. I mean, it's good for the market, obviously, to have new money come in. You have to assume that they have some kind of project already lined up, like some oh, sort yeah. of. They did have like a almost a seed um, funding round where they told the Gary V's and the other people like, you need to mint this because this is what we're doing. Like, OK, there's 10,000 units, even at two and a half Ether, you're 25,000 Ether. So the other 25,000 was secondary sales. I mean, at most, they're 10% royalties. So they only made like another 2,500 Ether after making 25,000 Ether. So, I mean, it's a lot, but they made it on mint out. So the fact that it went as crazy as it did was not part of the plan. They made their initial money and what they needed from the mint. So what they're going to do with it, I guarantee. I can't guarantee because I'm not a future teller, but I feel like it's something huge. And I feel like they're going to come to the table and be like, here's what this project does. Or maybe it's like Stoner Cats, where it's like that Mila Kunis and and Ashton Kutcher one where they're supposed to do episodes or something. Right. Like, I feel like there's going to be something totally unrelated to the NFT itself. That's like you get access to this because you bought it. I know what I think it is. I think it's a new conglomerate. I think they're going to use that money. This is a crazy prediction, but if I'm right, I'm going to come back to this episode. I think they want to go after Yuga. I've seen so many accusations fly about the moon birds from like, especially from the historical NFT space, which I, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where I don't know. What are they mad about? Just that. (laughs) People are mad about the success, in my opinion. I don't even want to get into the individual arguments. And what I really want to talk about, actually, so in the Mooncat community, everyone knows that deep down I'm a Mooncat. We're talking about historical NFTs. Until very recently, I would say that was my base project. This weekend, I probably changed my base project. This is a little bit too crazy for me, guys. I'm sorry. But there was two pieces of news that kind of came across. First of all was there was a rumor flying around that they're looking to get acquired. So the problem with Mooncats is the developers never had the mint funds. They've always been surviving on like leftover cats and things like that and like almost charity. So they couldn't do anything cool. They couldn't build anything cool. And so apparently there's been talks about them brokering the sale of the IP and all that of Mooncats to a bigger conglomerate. There was always already the rumors about other teams like the Cryptodes being sold away. My toads pumped this weekend, I'll admit, bags open or whatever, because people talking about this pump effect, this consolidation effect. With the Mooncats, I have really good evidence that within this year, Mooncats will probably get sold. And there's multiple parties at the table. And some of the guys that I follow in that space are being very upfront about it. And so so all of a sudden, there's all this excitement about Mooncats because they might actually get part of one of these huge conglomerate things. And at the same time, some of the historical boys, especially Leonidas, bought a Genesis cat. 
And then they decided in order to really pump the moon cats, I guess the thing to do was to go after the moon birds and accuse them of being a derivative project and that the the, oh my god there's been three spaces that i've been on that was just moon cats versus moon birds and then just going on there and dunking <laughs> on how stupid the moon bird thing is and how moon cat has all this relevance as the first generative project and oh, look, i can do the moon cat thing y'all know i can do it all day like it's a great project all on chain we talked about that last time all the first generative we can love the cats but at the same time there was that element and people pumping it and then there was also like the manic thing because as you all know like the moon cats are like manic depressives and so like they're going to talk about like screw you for liking my cats or whatever and so there was this like energy going by i felt like i was in a wood chipper but <clears throat> it was fun i was worried i have a personal connection with the pondware developers so i was actually kind of sick to my stomach there for a while because I mean, I have connections outside of that in Web3, right? Like uh, at this point, I mean, I think both me and you, Rosie, could call uh, Stacy's a friend, like if, if we got into something. But like as far as like, like I've, I, they've really supported me the whole way. They've been so cool with me in the last year. I love their energy. I love the people behind that project. I was just so sad because I thought that they were not going to be part of the project. I tweeted at my favorite Mooncat influencer jake the the cat dad and i was like dude i'm kind of actually depressed about this and then pondaware jumped on i've got some alpha here pondaware jumped on my tweet and said don't worry about it we're just looking for money we're still committed to the cats so it's not money like for themselves money to develop out money to do some of these ideas that they have and i know that's what it's about i know them they're genuine in heart they really want what's best for the cats they're not doing it just for like their own pocket so i feel a lot better I'm probably still going to like chill in that community for a little bit just because, oh my gosh, that back and forth just gets so, I'm just, I, I can't have that meme where the Pokemon guy zaps himself in the bathtub one more time. I've seen the guy holding the Pokemon, zapping himself in the bathtub about Mooncats at least three dozen times at this point. I mean, I get it. It's funny. And yes, committing suicide over Mooncat floors, I guess is funny, but like, I'm just so like, I, oh, I have to take a break from it. But that was fun. That pump, like there's just so much pumps around the Moonbirds because of the excitement around it and because of the community. And I guess, you know, that's part of the fun of being in the Mooncats is the mania around it. Like, so if, yeah, if anyone ever like listened to me, this is this podcast and actually bought whenever it's cheap, you got a pump out of it. So yeah, yeah for you, Jeremy did. Right, Jeremy, did yep. you get a- I bought five days ago at 0.35 and it's at 0.66 right now. Woo. There we go. We don't brag much in the podcast, but there we go. Good job. Like, yeah, you you fully, you did it on the moon cat. We so should happy. brag. We should brag more. Right. Got to tell wins. I'll tell losses too. I mean, I, I'm down fifty percent on my drifter shots, but when I win, I'm gonna be bragging just so everyone knows. There you know, you the only reason I don't want to is because I don't want you people begging on me or whatever. I already give Rosio enough NFTs. I don't even be giving all y'all some NFTs too, right? Hey, like- if we're winning that much, <laughs> that's not a problem that I would mind having. Until we start winning that uh-huh. much, we can tell everybody to F off. So let's just yeah. win as- win that much so that it doesn't matter. I love it. So uh, actually, let's take a quick break. And then we come back. Let's talk about what else NFT Twitter had going on. Hey, yo. All right, Rosio. So there was this thread. I was dying laughing. You want to tell them about it? Yes, I lost it again, but I remember what it was this time at least. So there was this guy um, 
when I find his actual name, I'll say what it was. But I know he was in uh, the Gutter Cat Gang. Gang Gang was definitely part of the tweet. Gang Gang. Um, uh, he tweeted about his fiance's parents finding him smoking or catching him smoking weed and his fiance saying that he's 36 years old and that maybe he should quit smoking weed all right here we go i found it ny cleaner is his name got caught smoking weed at my fiance's parents house last night super awkward today i'm 35 years old hashtag gang gang update Fiance just reminded me I'm actually 36. Shit, maybe I should stop smoking all this weed. To which I replied, don't stop smoking weed just because you're 36. I know lots of older successful people who still smoke weed daily. That's right. There you go. Sticking up for the weed. Well, everyone was dunking on him. Like the one about, like, I think there was a later tweet where he admitted that his fiance got cornered by her parents about, like, his weed smoking, which I just thought was hilarious because... I've kind of had something like that happen before, so uh, a little bit. So <laughs> I think I was ninja enough to keep it hidden until we got married. But I don't. It's the the cat that stays in the closet with my in laws. I think I've come in reeking like it so many times. They're just like, yeah, that that's what Jeremy does. Well, no, I'm talking about back in the college days where I got my poor college girlfriend sent to rehab because of my smoking addiction or whatever. So, oh, oh damn. no, yeah, yeah, that's, no, that's you definitely took the cake on that one. That's, yeah, yeah, not you, my, win. you not, win. Not the proudest from the DJ moment for me, but actually, you know, I was at, I was talking to some fellow adults this weekend about Web three and the culture. And I love how in Web3 culture, it's almost like if you don't smoke, you pretend to or something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the reverse of the real world. Like, you don't work regular hours. You don't wear a suit. You don't. And it's just kind of really a rejection of the corporate values that so many of us have been part of for the longest time. Right. And but I think we're pretty accepting of those who don't smoke. Agreed. Yeah, we don't hate on them. They just probably feel like some, the odd man out. True, definitely. There's that, definitely some cool cool kids on here, though, on NFT Twitter that don't smoke weed. Oh, yeah. oh agreed. Agreed. Some of our favorites, though. And I'm definitely not. You do whatever you want in life, whatever makes you happy. And, like, you know, that's not what this is about. It's more about that it's just interesting how that's such a part of the culture that yeah, it's almost I mean, the default. She well, was accepting of it because he's gang gang and I mean smoking and sounds like they've I mean they're engaged. It didn't well you know. those gang we're gang was frat, bro. We're in a yeah. frat. It's true. Sometimes oh when I'm trust me, when I'm sitting there in the moon cats and they're like, Fuck you motherfuckers for buying my fucking NFT and making it go up, I'm like, I'm I this is I'm I'm in a fraternity. What are these what are these guys doing? Like <laughs> I think that's a good idea. It's totally a frat. And it's fun that we can all get together around those moments where like, haha, busted. So, all right. What's the memes of the week? Does anyone have any but me? You Only you do, but let's hear about it. <laughs> only I have a meme of the week? That, yeah. that, that, that's a true D-Gen thing right there. You know, like, y'all have done like zero homework. Sorry, this, right? Teach. Sorry, Teach. <laughs> I mean, I kind of have one, but I have a feeling you might snake it from me. So okay, we what let is? You go first. Okay, so mine was is that my boy, the thread guy, who, by the way, congratulations, recently got a real job out of all of his talented. The Alco looks uh-huh. 
and he yeah. loves an algo. I've congratulated him a couple times, and he's really excited about it. I can tell. Um, he deserves it. He's really talented. Congrats, and Thread Guy. Congrats, Thread Guy, getting a real job. And he put on there, but he, of course, is still doing his other job, which is dunking on and doing projects and stuff like that. And he did a meme that was hard to take pills. So if anyone doesn't know this one, the first slide is hard to take pills. And the second one is someone pointing at pills in their hand and then you usually put some sort of shitty statement there is what the point of that meme template is. And he put that the art has nothing to do basically with the price of a project. And that is what it's basically the Moonbirds thesis, like people being so upset about Moonbirds. But we saw it with Emperors. We've seen it with other ones like it or whatever. Right. Like where people Mm -hmm. get upset about what the art is. And I just think it's so poignant because it's right. Like the art is important in that we got to respect the artist. I think at some level, like NFT machines, whole Fiverr dunk thing is it's funny, but it's it's funny because too much projects like don't like bury the artist because it's not someone that's getting the credit like certain projects that we know, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that you still got to respect the artist, but at the same time, like you got to understand that the art is not always going to be driving the value and stuff that has great art can be worthless and there's stuff that can have terrible art and be great. And so for other value. So yeah. you didn't rob mine. Go ahead. <laughs> I completely agree with all that. I, co- I, I like completely forgot you were talking about a meme for a second there. It got really uh, deep, but I can dig it. And, uh, it sucks that that's how it goes. I feel like that almost only goes for like 10 Ks. I mean, I feel like the art is a little more important when it comes to one-on-ones. There you go. I think that's a good statement. Yeah. It's not always that case, but for the most part. There is a bit of a divide there between the one-of-one world and 10 K world that I've experienced. Head on kind of do more one-of-ones lately. Um, it's a different mentality. For and sure. it's also just the meme culture that we live in too. I don't think moon birds are a meme. I mean, even though birds aren't real, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I think it's funny how, uh, and crazy how expensive meme projects become. Expensive. I mean, expensive. the toads have just sat at like a certain floor price because of like the, kinetic value of the meme and you can't deny the power of memes that's why i'm really happy to make them and be in that space because i feel like it helps projects around and allows me to express myself so what's your meme speaking of which jeremy it's pretty much in the same vein um but it was i guess the announcement that he made when he was talking about taking his job so it's the one that's like the black and white stick figures at a party and it's usually like, I bet they don't know I have something or other. And it's yeah, like, I, I, I bet one. they don't know that I'm the vibe manager. Um, so it, it was just his way of kind of letting the cat out of the bag and saying, hey, I got the job. I, I He got his mm-hmm. own job, and I, I hope it's a, a great job for him. So congrats, Thread Guy. That, or not Thread Guy, I guess is his name now. But We love Thread Guy, our favorite influencer in space. Even though I recently did my Twitter circles. And oh my gosh, the honeys have just completely knocked thread guys off my main list. Like you go out of my circles and it's like, honey, 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 honey. Well, back there, like used to be like in a ring. The only thing that actually didn't change in my circle, there's only one slot that did not change in my entire circle. And that's mine. And that's That's right. right. That's hers. That's right. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I didn't get eliminated this time, people. I'm still in it. I'm on the You're third still ring. In the I'm on the third <laughs> ring. No, I'm on the third ring now. Oh, Se- not even the second ring, but I'm still in it. 
It's rough. I'm going to shoot my angry moon bird I'm, at you. I'm looking at mine. <gasps> what? Not you, John. Oh, okay. Good. It's not your fault. It's not my fault either. I mean, I'm doing fun stuff online. You could come like my shit instead of freaking Dallas Maverick shit all the time or whatever. Like, I'm having a I lot of fun. I bet if I run games. my profile, you're still in my inner circle. Me liking your posts doesn't make the algorithm work that way. It's you liking my posts. <laughs> okay, fair I'm enough. I'm going to run it tonight and post it on the podcast just to show that you're probably still in my inner ring. <laughs> That would be a pretty bad dunk. Okay, when I don't want you to do yours though, Rosie. Please, it hurt my feelings. If I'm, I'm looking like at mine right now. Okay, and well, I'm kind of upset. The Jeremy's all the way on the last ring of mine. Hey, oh, wow. Uh, maybe that's just where I operate in the shadows and the recesses of that third ring. I, it's that's <laughs> my vibe. Yeah, I'm the lurker. Oh, that's um, cool. I'm, I'm not in the third the third ring then. No, you're in the first. Yeah. Mm-mm. How about that? It's like uh, uh, uh. that's why y'all are going to NFT NYC, and I'm yeah, right. hey, with the butterflies. Yeah. I'm in my closet Wait, over here. Can you come? You should come. I might be able to swing some some magic, but yes, I would assume. Do it, do it. No, you're coming. Wouldn't that we'll be great? What could happen? That, Lindsay fans. would really love that. So tell everyone he's coming. See you there, everyone. That's you right. Come. But, uh, but okay. So no, no meme out of you, brother Rosie. You didn't like any meme this week. No, I literally was googling NFT memes. Just no, that's okay. Ago. I literally meme at you like no. We can't pick one of mine, I guess. But that that would be conceit. But um, so but that doesn't count. That's about me. Oh, she doesn't okay. want to put herself in the meme of the week. <laughs> I mean, you're famous. Yeah, I know, but that's just too conceited. See, she would have used your Discovery Thread Guys meme, and you should have used one with her in it, and then that would have worked. Yeah, <laughs> except we made the rule. I can't. Never mind. Look, we're done. We're done. We moved past the memes. We well, appreciate right. everyone going along with this or whatever. Um, and so, one thing also I want to point out is that if you're listening to this podcast on a major platform, we really appreciate any reviews on the podcast. So if you're listening to it on like Apple Podcasts, just throwing us a review, doing like the stars or whatever, it actually really helps us out. That helps us more people find us and say figure nice out what we're doing. Things about us. Yeah, say nice things, obviously. If you're gonna say bad things, then feedback is a gift, but not on an Apple review thing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no. We don't want to got no time for that. We don't uh, want to hear your your cr- critiques. We just, yeah, right. We, we, we're trying to be positive people that we vibing up in here, but we love oh, yeah. our fans. We really appreciate y'all listening to the podcast and, we love you. and we're looking forward to getting to more stuff later. All right, let's take a break and sign off. All right, let's ladies first tonight. You go first. Oh, how sweet. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. I'm Rosio. You can find me on Twitter, Rosio underscore PNG. Uh-oh. Who's next, John? Am I more fem- feminine? I'll go last. <laughs> All right. And my name's Jeremy, or at Mr. Jerk Dake. And then I'm at Poofy Hair Guy. I call myself the Cardboard Boxer nowadays, though. Or at NFT Tales. Look, just look for the frog. I'm the little 
Cryptodes frog guy or whatever. Like you've seen me in the memes. Um, come give us a follow for a lot of fun. But be looking for some uh, cool stuff coming down the pipe for us in the next couple of weeks. Um, oh, and hey, one last thing I want to throw out there. Congratulations. So it's one thing that's been really exciting in the space is that there have been a lot of new people that have been getting into NFTs. And so if you're listening to this live, if you're listening to this later on, but you're one of those people that are new to the space, either you just bought your first NFT or you're looking at NFTs, really excited to have you in the space. We're really excited for you to come along for this ride. I know right now that a podcast like ours sounds like we're speaking Spanish the whole time because my in-laws just keep telling me they want to listen to it, but it's like, you're just doing gobbledygook the whole time. But that's just because we're really versed in the space at this point. And the only way to get versed is to immerse yourself. So come along for the ride. We're really happy to have you. And uh, you, you came to the right place. We're going to have a lot of fun. So... Adios. Bye, everyone. So we're proud of you. <laughs>